This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 92 of Go To Grandma, airing May 13th, 2023 on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for dropping into the show. I'm your host, Kathy Buckworth, and if you don't know, we provide facts and fun on all facets of a grandparent's life, and we have many facets yet still to cover. This go-to grandma is usually on the go, and recently I traveled to Prince Edward Island. This was my second visit to this very special part of Canada, with a third already planned, and I'm going to be interviewing two of their tourism experts to find out what makes this such a desirable place to travel, and how they are embracing the sustainable travel trend. Trends are what are revealed in research, and we have some great data to share with you today on, guess what, sustainable travel. I'm chatting with Booking.com about their latest research findings. How many of us feel that traveling more sustainably is important to us, and how to prioritize that as well as the demands of everyday life? Do we have to choose between sustainability and spending? The results are interesting, and I can't wait to share them with you. We all want to do our part to preserve this planet for our grandkids and beyond, while seeing the planet as the world of travel opens up more and more. We'll also review some sustainable steps you can take right away while on vacation. And if you have a grandchild traveling to the U.S. for their post-secondary education, you're going to want to stay tuned for our Take 5 with RBC interview because we are delivering a checklist which covers key documents, steps, and considerations so students can focus on school and parents and grandparents can sleep better at night. Grab your coffee or maybe a raspberry cordial to get into the PEI spirit. And if Green Gables fans will get me on this one, we're heading to the island next. With over 15 years in the tourism and events industry, Gillian O'Halloran now leads the Central Coastal Tourism Partnership, a member-based not-for-profit with over 150 members stemming from the tourism sector in the central region of Prince Edward Island. The goal of the CCTP is partnerships and growth of the region and its membership. Good morning, Gillian. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Good morning. No problem. I'm happy to be here. So I'm always happy when I go to Prince Edward Island, which I did. I've done a couple of times. I have another trip planned for the fall. You know, it's a great place to visit. There's natural beauty. There's, of course, all kinds of food. It's well known for trails, hiking, and of Green Gables, etc. Where do you see tourism evolving in the next few years for PEI? Yeah. Well, as you know, the past couple of years for the tourism industry across Canada and across the world has been very different with the COVID-19 lockdowns and just people being uneasy about travel. We're super excited for this year, this season. 2023 has already started off to be a really successful year for uh, Prince Edward Island and and uh, visitors are excited. They're getting engaged already and I do feel like a lot of people are more interested in Prince Edward Island because they haven't been able to travel for mm-hmm. so long. They're interested in those longer haul markets but also the shorter haul markets. People are just seeing their own backyards for the first time in uh, the past couple of years. So we're really excited. We have a core group of islanders who are, are now really educated on our product because they weren't able to really go anywhere else during uh, the past right. couple of years. So we're really excited for this season and uh, the rest of the year. So are you seeing more of an uptick from Canadian travels or, or from all over? Uh, right now, it seems to be more Canadian mm-hmm. travelers, in particular, like Ontario, Quebec market. 
We are lucky enough, though, to have a couple of direct flights from Hamilton. So a lot of the kind of the downtown core of Toronto seem to also be coming our way, which is great. And a lot of Atlantic Canadians, New Brunswick, and uh, Nova Scotians seem to be traveling to PEI a lot as well. One of the things I enjoyed about PEI and leaving Charlottetown and getting to, you know, outside the city, which of course is great, is finding all the great trails and hikes that you have. And, it, you know, it's such a natural beauty and a natural place. Does PEI have specific sustainable travel objectives for their visitors? We do. So last year, so in 2022, we did launch an industry, kind of an industry two-year strategic plan. And within that strategic plan, we really focused on sustainable tourism. So of course, uh, being on the east coast of Canada, we are uh, more than ever kind of in a volatile situation when it comes to hurricanes. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Hurricane Fiona last fall, so that was in 2022 that really opened our eyes to sustainable tourism and how we need to protect our environment on Prince Edward Island more than ever before. We are still in cleanup mode, but things are looking really good. The beaches will be open this year, and I think it just brought a little bit more awareness to the fact that our trail systems and our dune systems and our beaches are fragile, and we have to advocate to support uh, those environments as much as possible because of climate change and the inconsistent weather that we've been seeing lately. So a lot of our smaller operators have engaged quite heavily in transforming their businesses. Uh, one in particular, the Bearishois in Rustico, has actually almost gone fully electric. Oh, cool. So there's lots of different small businesses that are seeing the devastation from Hurricane Fiona, but embracing the change and ensuring that Prince of Island will be a sustainable tourism destination for years to come. So I do see a turning of the tide for sure. And lots of people thinking more about preservation and especially Park Canada, uh, one of our amazing partners here that take care of the many of our beaches on Prince Edward Island. They're very focused on environmental sustainability. And uh, our, we have a, a group, uh, the PEI Trails Association, who also understand the value of sustainability and ensuring that the trails will be here for years to come. Amazing, because I'm going to be there in the fall. I'm not going to do some of those trails. Where is the best website for us to go to, Jillian, to learn more about your um, membership? Yeah, so um, our website is centralcoastalpei.com. So essentially, we're the center of the island's uh, tourism association. But the Central Coastal Drive itself is a unique destination because we incorporate the red sand beaches of the North Shore mixed with the uh, red sand iconic beaches on the South Shore of Prince Edward Island. So we kind of have the perfect blend. Nothing's too far away in the Central Coastal Drive. And we have a long list of some of the best hiking spots and some of the, the beginner intermediate uh, mountain biking the trails that we have along Prince Edward Island. And we are really growing in, in that outdoor adventure field. Um, and disc golf in particular is becoming more and more popular in our region. We actually have three different disc golf courses. So we are Amazing. slowly getting there and we're getting more people outside and doing more sustainable activities. Love it. So everything is uh, really exciting and positive in our region right now. Love it. Thanks so much for this today. I really appreciate it, Jill, and can't wait to visit in the fall. Take care. Sounds great. We'll love to have you.
With 25-plus years of immersion in the Prince Edward Island tourism industry, Rose Dennis loves to position Summerside as a premier destination in the competitive tourism landscape. She has a passion for business and its operators and is always excited about continuing to build on the great work that operators in the city by the sea and the surrounding area have done. Good morning, Rose. Thanks so much for joining our show today. Oh, I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. So I love PEI, no secret about that. And Summerside is a very special place. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Summerside and maybe some of the special shows and programming that goes on there? I'm so pleased to do that. Summerside is known as the city by the sea. All roads, all things, they tend to bring us right down to the water and and fulfill that coastal destination that people crave. And it is a city, so we have a lot of amenities and programming that people can enjoy. We have two community theaters. They have full-time performances year-round. We have a very active facility at the Credit Union Place where the summer we're welcoming Jerry Seinfeld. We bring in world-class entertainment all year-round, sports entertainment, and we really are so pleased to have that within our city. And something great about our city is that it's very walkable and easy to explore. People of all walks and abilities have the opportunity to go along our Baywalk boardwalk. It's six and a half kilometers seaside view, and we have some. We have most of it paved so that you can bring an accessibility device. And you can bring your pets. And in the winter, we keep it groomed, too, so that you can enjoy still getting seaside and getting that good salt air that's so good for us um, in the wintertime and, and, and being active there as well. Yeah, it's a great spot to go for a multi-generational uh, walk, for sure, with grandparents and kids. And while your name is Summerside, you just mentioned winter, are you a four-season tourism destination? Absolutely. <laughs> Summerside does not close. There's literally two places of business that have to close because they don't have the uh, infrastructure for winter. But the rest of us are here and open and we have programming. We have the Winter Warmth Festival. That's three weeks of fun activities for all ages. And that happens in February of each year. We also have a lot of live entertainment happening Thursday, Friday, Saturdays in the city. And something really special on Saturday afternoons is that we have a traditional Irish jam, which we would call a Kaylee, and people can bring their instruments. So if you're traveling, bring your instrument along with you. Maybe you have a fiddle or guitar and you can join the the song circle. And that's just the way it is. You walk in, you meet some new friends, and you have some good times around music and conversation. I love this, and I have to ask the question, but we keep talking about how special it is. In your mind, Rose, what makes it so special? What would you just say to someone considering going there this summer or any season, obviously? Yeah, it's community. It's Mm. the people. So when you're here, you're going to talk to a lot of locals, and they love to talk. So (laughs) there's opportunity to learn about our our city history. There's opportunity for us to learn about you and why why you're here and what's made you choose Summerside. And we love to have those conversations. It's pretty much no local will just walk away after a few words. It's just it's just a great opportunity to really understand why uh, Islanders have earned the reputation of being so friendly and hospitable because we welcome people all the time and we're used to having these conversations and we seek them out. We want them. And I know you speak the truth because I have been there and I can't wait for my next visit. What's the best website to go to, Rose, for more information on Summerside? You can find us at explorsummerside.com. And you're also on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. So lots of information out there for us to find. Thanks so much for your time today, Rose. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you in the city by the sea very soon. 
Daniela Mutze is an area manager in Canada, where she oversees all Booking.com offices in the country. Originally from Brazil and in Canada for the past seven years, Daniela has been at Booking.com for 10 plus years supporting their mission to make it easier for everyone to experience the world. She believes in the power of travel to connect us with different people, cultures, embrace adventures, and inspire us to go out of our comfort zone. Also, helping everyone to find their perfect getaway motivates her every day. Good morning, Danny. Thanks so much for being on GoToGrammar this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this topic also. Sustainable travel is something that's really, I don't want to label it just a trend because it's more than that, but we want to do it. We're looking to do it. You have a report on it. But Danny, what is it? What is sustainable travel? Yes, I love that you asked that question because it can be such a broad topic, right? Mm -hmm. And what we are noticing as we are navigating the topic more and more through the years in booking is that there is more and more to dig. The more we learn, there is more to do. So what is sustainable travel? It would be pretty much being mindful of the footprint you leave when you are traveling, making this conscious decision that as adventurous and fun the world is, we have a responsibility and we must protect. So there is always a world worth exploring and adventuring yourself through. Right. There are many things that you can do, but we can go through it as we speak. Yeah, so you interviewed, or Booking.com interviewed, 33,000 travelers across 35 countries, a very, very comprehensive report. So what were the key findings from that sustainable travel report? Yes, this is the eighth version of this sustainable report. And this year brought a lot of news for us as well. First, we want to make it easier for everyone to experience the world. And this report allows us to do that so we can understand what challenges people are finding when they are booking a sustainable travel and how much interest they have in the topic and commitment they have to it. So very interesting things we learned that 65% of Canadian travelers want to travel more sustainable. But 75% feel the global energy crisis and rising cost of living is impacting their spending plans. So there is still this belief that traveling sustainable is a little bit higher in cost than not being so mindful about the topic. We also learned that half of our respondents believe more sustainable travel options are too expensive. So in contrast of the 28% that are willing to pay extra for travel options with a sustainable certification, which is the sustainable travel badge. The Canadian travelers believe that people need to act now and make more sustainable choices to save the planet. And 69% want travel companies to offer sustainable travel choices, but they don't know how to find these options. And that's what we are here for, to make it easier for them to find what they are looking for in a cost that fits their budget so they can really be protecting the planet the planet and traveling sustainable. Yeah, you talk about in the report about converting intent into action. Yes. So how does booking.com support sustainable travel like specifically? Yes, that's a very good question and we are very committed to that. First we launched in two thousand twenty one, November two thousand twenty one the travel badge, which is how we are making very easy for in the website while booking the customer to find the perfect accommodation for them and for the accommodations to really showcase all the efforts they are putting into being more sustainable. But as a company, we are embracing much more. We are making sure that 
in the front end, we are showing also cars and making easy for customers to book cars that are electric or hybrid. And we are also showing when customers are booking flights, we are showing the carbon emissions so they can pick up the flight that has the least emission and is more sustainable. But never forget that we are part of Booking Holdings, and Booking Holdings has recently released the Climate Action Plan. And we are taking uh, very seriously to follow up with the plan. It's the first of its kind in any global online travel. Overall, it's a strategic framework for how Booking Holdings intend to make operations, services, and the travel industry more sustainable. And it's very aligned with the science-based targets initiative, which is a plan for us to reduce carbon emissions. So by 2030, we want to make sure that we reduce 50% of our carbon emission as a company and net zero by 2040. So there is a lot in progress that we are doing right now to make sure that as a company, we are walking the talk Mm -hmm. and to support also the travelers to find sustainable options as well. So I had the opportunity to experience a sustainable hotel in Toronto recently, the One Hotel, which was fantastic. I encourage others to have a look at this hotel. But while I was at the hotel, which is, you know, has the sustainability badge from booking.com, there are other things we can do while we're on vacation, even if we're staying at locations that don't have that, right? So you provide a few tips in the report on what can we do in terms of uh, being sustainable while we're on vacation. Yes. Now, let's uh, practice all the things, of course. Mm -hmm. So what we have seen is multi-generation travel going in recent years, and many of these families choose to share a home or a villa or any other type of property together. This allows the families, of course, to spend more time together, but also helps cut down the carbon emission as you will be sharing resources like electricity, water heating, another small staff would be reusable shopping bags, recycling, carrying reusable water bottles during traveling, turning the AC off if you are away from your accommodation, using towels multiple times, or simply say no to the housekeeping that day. I was going to mention about the, the sharing car rides, taking public transportation, walking, biking, if the destination permits. It's a great active way to support sustainability and for flights really picking up the ones that show the the lowest carbon emission. Well, I love all of this, and I know a lot of our listeners and grandparents are looking at taking their kids and grandkids on great multi-generational holidays. You want to go to Booking.com. Not only do they have you know great destinations, accommodations there, but also I always find great travel tips. I book my tours there. You know I'm a big fan, Danny. And we can find Booking.com online as well as at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and a YouTube channel. How about that? Thanks so much for this today, Danny. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hope to talk soon. Marlene Adzori has more than 30 years of experience as a cross-border expert, both personally and professionally. Since the inception of RBC USA, she has led with advice, sharing the benefits of the unique cross-border banking, while serving as the voice to the consumer. Welcome again, Marlene. And I know we have talked about students heading to the U.S. for school on a past episode of Take 5 with RBC, but I also know it's worth a refresher for our audience, as this is the time of year when many are starting to get ready. August will be here before we know it. So is there a checklist you have and can recommend for everyone? Thanks, Kathy. And yes, love being back. There is a checklist I use and recommend. And it focuses on three areas of consideration. Before you go, getting there, 
And once you're in the U.S., to maintain a compliant legal and tax status. And, of course, convenient banking. Before you go, there are key documents required. To begin, student status. On enrollment to the school, students are provided an I-20 certificate from the school with the subject of study and the duration of the course. It collects necessary financial support and identification documentation required for admission. This includes proof of ability to pay for school fees and living expenses. This also registers the student with CIVIS. This is the U.S. government student tracking system, and the CIVIS number is both for eligibility requirements and visa applications. Getting there is just as important as there is U.S. border crossing immigration paperwork. When crossing in the U.S., students will need to show a few things at port of entry, their Canadian passport and or Nexus, their original I-20 certificate, proof of Canadian residency, then once admitted to the United States, the students will receive an I-94 record, which is their legal status in the U.S. and attached to their passport and nexus. When traveling between the U.S. and Canada, students must take their I-20 and other visa documents with them at any crossing. And a really important tip about these documents that I learned firsthand with my son's crossing experience is to ensure that the I-20 and the I-94 are both registered and linked to each of the student's passport and nexus. This link is critical for easy border crossing and just takes a few minutes on the initial crossing, but well worth it for later crossings and peace of mind. Well, this is a great checklist so far. What else should be considered before heading to the U.S. for school? Well, health care and finances are two other keys of consideration that immediately come to my mind. It is important for Canadian students studying abroad to be sufficiently insured. Find out if their school requires or offers international student health insurance programs before they begin their academic year. Keep in mind, the health care coverage provided by students' home province of residence will not be sufficient. It will not pay for costs of U.S. health care, which could in turn require them to return to Canada for non-emergency care. So it is vital to check with your student's school for health insurance requirements and coverage offers. Now, as for finances, a U.S. bank account and credit card are extremely important. It is a good idea for your students to open up a U.S. domicile bank account. And while these may be opened on arrival to the United States, I would always recommend opening up a U.S.-based account with RBC Bank, which will allow them to easily pay for their expenses, including rent, tuition, books, meals, transportation, and much more, and accessibility to an ATM. Another plus is having the ease of cross-border transfers. Our cross-border bundling accounts also include a U.S.-based credit card, which is convenient for day-to-day living but they're often needed to secure a cell phone plan, an apartment, a rent-a-car. I also recommend setting it up and using the credit card at least once or twice ahead of time to make sure the U.S. system recognize the credit card and the credit card holder. Any final considerations for while the students are in the U.S.? Finally, but importantly, every international student should consider consulting a cross-border tax advisor. 
as an international student, you may be required to file taxes, even if there's no income generated while in the United States. An example may be taxable scholarship or a grant. The forms are available through the IRS website, and typically the deadline for filing is the same as any tax return in the U.S., which is April 15th. Compliance with the IRS is one of the conditions of the student visa, and if the student wants a job in the U.S. in the future, the handling of U.S. taxes can affect future green card or any other visa entries. So it's well worth working with an accountant or tax filing service to help make filing in the U.S. easy and worry-free. RBC Bank USA offers partners to also help with cross-border tax and legal advice. This is a wonderful checklist. Thanks so much for this today, Marlene. And of course, we can go to your website at rbcbank.com slash students. Thanks again. Thank you very much, Kathy. Live life with no excuses. Travel without regret. Oscar Wilde. I hope you don't regret spending the last half hour with us and that you found an excuse to get out there and travel responsibly once more. Thanks to the wonderful folks from PEI for sharing their part of Canada with us. I can't wait to go there again. And as always, to Booking.com for not only providing a great travel service, but for always digging deeper on how we can give back to the world we are lucky enough to travel around. Next week on GoToGrandma, we're going to continue our travels as travel writer and now granddad of five, Jim Byers, stops by the show to share some terrific multi-generational travel spots across the rest of Canada, what he looks for and how you can find it. And then we travel back in time, way, way back in time, as I talk to a longtime volunteer and doyenne of the Royal Ontario Museum as she walks us through their new T-Rex, the ultimate predator experience. Plus, this grandma tells us why she encourages and loves seeing other grandparents bring their grandkids to see historical artifacts. Maybe not as far back as the dinosaurs, but just from our youth and having history come to life for them. Our Take 5 with RBC interview focuses on how to leave a legacy and tips for leaving a meaningful gift in your will as part of your long-term estate plan. Maybe it's to your favourite museum or maybe it's even museum quality pieces for your grandkids. Thanks again for taking the trip with me today. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Enjoy your grand and hopefully sustainable journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her, Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.